Blog Talk Radio. All right, let me find one more song. We're ready to go. Yeah, Robert said they were running late tonight. All right, that'll get us going right there. All right. Well, if y'all want to grab your songbook, just stand with me. We're going to turn to number 365, 365. We'll be slagging when they get here. Hey, Donnie. Good to see you, brother. Three sixty-five. See, three sixty. Just like how many years there are in, a, in a, days in a year. Three sixty-five.
sight of God, I sweet communion find. I press with holy vigor on and leave the world behind. Sunlight, sunlight in my soul today. Sunlight, sunlight all along the way. Since the Savior found me, took away my sin. I have had the sunlight this love within. I crossed the wide extended field, a journey o'er the plain. And in the sunlight of his love, I reap the golden grain. Sunlight, sunlight, in my soul today. Sunlight, sunlight, all along the way. Since the Savior found me, took away my sin. I have had the sunlight of his love within. Soon I shall see him as he is, the light that came to me. Behold the brightness of his face throughout eternity. Sunlight, sunlight, in my soul today. Sunlight, sunlight, all along the way. Since the Savior found me, took away my sins. I have had the sunlight of his love today. Amen. Praise God, our piano players here. She dropped a hooky on us, and then she decided to come in. <laughs> uh, we're glad we're glad they made it. Number thirty-eight. Number thirty-eight. Ring the bells of heaven. <laughs> Sand. 
lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, and to them that are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. May the Lord add his blessing tonight in the reading of his word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne tonight. Lord, I love you. Thank you so much for loving me. Thank you, Father, for each one that's here tonight. Lord, I, I pray for each one of these home, each family represented. Lord God, feed us tonight from the Word of God. Feed us and, and Lord, lift our spirits. Father God, I pray you apply medicine to the wounds. Father, I pray tonight that you remind us of how good you are. Lord, even as, even as David reminisced on your goodness and your mercy on his way into Jerusalem to worship you, Father, as we're here tonight to worship you, may we remember like he did and like the children of Israel did, that you are our protection that you are what stands between us and those that would destroy us. That the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you're our Father and we're your children. Teach us tonight. Speak to us. Father, open our eyes. We'll give you praise. We'll give you glory. I pray for Holy Ghost power tonight for me to speak and them to hear. Lord, for all that listen in, I pray, Lord, a blessing. For those who are lost, I pray for salvation. For those that are backslidden, I pray for a renewal of their heart toward you and your house. And Lord God, I pray for folks that are, <clears throat> Lord, they're out in this world. They don't know where to turn. Lord, we're coming down to the end, and they need Jesus. Lord, use us to be a light in a dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we talked before about these, again, we're in these, these little psalms that are like degrees. They're called songs of degrees. Uh, they're they're what what they would sing is as the uh, as they were making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem into the temple they were walking up the steps of the temple and they're singing these psalms and again we you know Psalm 120 was a was a degree of distress it was about crying unto the Lord in your distress Psalm 121 was about divine aid about the fact that we're kept by the Lord. Uh, Psalm 122 is about a, a degree of dwelling or the house of the Lord. We're, we're, we're headed to the house of the Lord. Or we're here in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, one, Psalm 123 is about the degree of direction, being guided by the Lord. 124 was about deliverance or being saved by the Lord. Psalm 125 tonight is about defense. We, we have grown up around football say defense, but that ain't no word. You know that? There ain't no such word as defense. It's just defense. And uh, God is our defense. He is, uh, and, and this is about being shielded by the Lord. And when I say shielded by the Lord, you know what immediately comes to my mind? Extension cord. An extension cord. Why? Because it's wires in there that shield it. You know, there's usually in a, an extension cord, there's usually three wires. There's your hot wire, there's your neutral, and there's your ground. Your black one's your hot, and it's covered in a shield of black plastic. Or the white one is neutral, and it's covered in a shield of white plastic. And the green one's the ground, and it's covered in a, in a shield of green plastic. And all of it usually covered in a shield of 
of, of orange plastic or black plastic or green or some other color, but you notice it's protected and cared for inside that so nothing can get to it, water, dirt, anything else can't get to it. It's shielded and protected, and that's what we're talking about tonight is God's protection over us. If you wanted to put a title on this message tonight, we could call it we could call it what the what the it starts with. It talks about they that trust in the Lord. I'm thankful tonight that almost well, I don't have many years ago. You do the math. I'm not good at the math. But anyway, it's nineteen seventy five. How long ago was that? Twenty five, forty five, forty six years ago? Forty six years ago. It's just coming up here in a few days, November the first was the night that I bowed my head as a seven-year-old boy and I received Christ as my Savior. Forty-six years almost. A long time, Mom. I've done better than that by now. I've been slave 46 years. I would have made a better showing than I have. That humbles you when you think about how long you've been slave compared to what you've done with it. But, uh, you know, when I got saved, the night I got saved, I trusted on the Lord. You know, here we're talking, and let's, we, we read the scripture. Let me, let me just look at it, verse 1. Let's look at what verse 1 says. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. <clears throat> they that trust in the Lord. But when I got saved, again, when I got saved, I trusted on the Lord. I've used that illustration before. But, I, you know, of the chair when I had it up here, or, or I used the stool again. To trust on the Lord is to to put all your sins, the weight of all your sins, on the Lord. And you're saying, Jesus, if I go to hell, it's your fault. I'm putting all my sins on you, and I'm trusting you to be my Savior. I can't do any of it. I'm not putting a pinky toe down to try to stabilize myself. I'm not trusting myself with some of my sin. I'm putting it all on you. I believe you are the only one that can do anything about it. It's kind of like I remember when I was a kid, we we went, my grandparents carried us up. Uh, in Tennessee and North Carolina and and uh, and just up in that part of the country. And I remember we went to Chattanooga. You know, you get up there and there's all them big old mountains and they got like some of them big old deep hollers. They got like a, a, a rope bridge across it. Y'all ever seen that? Yeah, that's things scare the living daylights out of you. When you get out on them rope bridges, I mean, I, mean, I remember going out on one. I was younger and I mean, you get out there and that thing goes swaying. The camera, you look down like two or three hundred feet down. And I, I never have like heights. I mean, Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always. And I took his word for it. Amen. I want to stay on the ground. When you get out on that rope bridge, you got faith in that rope. You got faith in them cables. That's what I'm talking about. Because it, it's, I mean, that's, that's believing on something. You're saying, I believe the men who put this thing together knew what they were doing, these engineers. They had, I mean, they used the right wrench. They tightened it down enough. It's going to be okay. We ain't going to fall. That's believing on something. You understand? You're putting your life in the hands of somebody you don't even know. Never seen before. Think about that. You step out on a bridge like that, you're putting your, your life in the hands of men you've never even met. You get on an airplane. What are you doing? You're putting your life in the hands of a pilot you've probably never even seen. A lot of times them pilots don't come shake hands. It's the stewardesses. You say, I don't even know what the pilot looks like. I'm on this plane. I ain't checked his credentials. I don't know how long he took his... I don't know if he was good in flight school. I don't know if he's had a few drinks today. I mean, I'm trusting him. I got faith 
that this airline's going to get me where I'm going. You're trusting. You're believing on, trusting on that. And I, I guess you kind of understand what I mean by on, okay? Well, there's an end. So I put all my sin on Jesus, and I trusted Jesus to carry it away. Right? He's a scapegoat. I, it all went on him. He carried it away when he died on Calvary. But we're not only to put our trust on the Lord. God also wants us to put our trust in him. I want you to think about this for a minute. What are we to put our trust? I mean, I, that means, hey, listen, not only am I trusting you to save me, but I'm trusting you to help me live. I'm trusting you to take me from day to day. You know what that tells me? If I'm going to trust him, I can't put my trust in a political party. You say, but you, what do you mean? You ain't, you ain't conservative. I mean, I'm conservative and all that, yeah. But I don't put my faith in those political party. I ain't trusting in them because you know what? They pull of corrupt people too. So I don't put my trust in a political party. I, I don't put my hopes on one politician and say, you know, if this don't come through, we're done. I mean, listen, my hope is not in – I mean, I, listen, I, I voted for Donald Trump. I love Donald Trump, but I, my hope ain't in Donald Trump. My hope ain't in making it three more years. Amen. Am I, am, am I making sense tonight? Okay. We're not to trust in philanthropists who say they're going to save the world and, and change the world and do all these great things. And, and these people that the Apostle Paul referred to when he, in 1 Timothy 6.20 when he talked about science falsely so-called. There's a whole lot of stuff out there. they tell you one thing one day, they'll tell you another thing the next. Let me tell you how good science is. When I was a kid, when I was a little kid, people ate eggs like they were going down the spiral. Then somewhere around 1980-something, somebody told me this idea that eggs were bad for you. And everybody was trying to quit eating eggs. Then they come out and find out later on, hey, eggs are really good for you. So everybody eats eggs. I mean, they don't know. You can't rely on science. Science is ever-changing. I mean, just I mean, 200 years ago, they thought if you cut somebody, let you bleed long enough, and get all the bad stuff out of you. They bled George Washington to death. They just put leeches on you. Listen, they, they don't know what they're doing. I don't put my I don't hang my hopes on science and medicine. I just don't. Listen, my hope is not in those things. We're not put our faith in preachers either. Amen. Listen, I'm gonna tell you. I know you love me. I know you. I know you listen to me. But go check me. Don't just take my word for it. Don't just say, "Well, the preacher said it. It must be true." No. Listen, you check the Bible. The Bible talks about that. The Bereans they checked the Apostle Paul out. They searched the Scriptures daily if those things were so. They didn't just say, "Well, sounds good coming out of his mouth." That's why people get so led astray. They watch these idiots on TV who are preaching prosperity gospel messages, preaching all these feel goody messages. And they, they're, they're watering down and, and soft-soaping it and not giving you the truth and giving you half-truths and giving you all kinds of weird ideology. And they slip it in. It sounds real good. If you're not careful, hang your hopes on some preacher, they'll lead you the wrong way. See, we don't put our faith in man at all. Not at all. We have a Lord that's trustworthy. We, we don't have to hang our hope on a president or a, or a political party or, or, or some kind of some kind of famous person or some kind of doctor or something. 
we we got a Lord that's trustworthy. Amen. Hebrews thirteen five. Listen to what it says. Let your conversation be without covetousness. That means the way you live your life. Don't go around. Listen. Don't go around wishing for things you don't have. That's what he's saying there. Let your conversation, the way you live your life, be without jealousy, wishing you had it what everybody else has. And be content with such things that you have. Be happy with what God has given you. Don't always be looking at what everybody else has. Well, I wish I had what they had. Man, I wish I had their car. Man, I wish I had their house. Man, I wish I had their land. Man, I wish I had all them cows. Let's be happy with what God's given you. He said, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's with you. You have him. And that's enough. Trust God. Trust him with what you do have. Trust him Trust him with what he's given you. I mean, we're, talk, we're talking about trusting the Lord here. Now, you know, there's, there's too many Christians in this world that are still getting their, their news from CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and ABC, and their lives are filled with chaos and unrest. Their heart won't rest. They can't lay down at night and rest because they're too worried about all these things that's going through their mind. Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Isaiah 31, 1 says, Woe unto them that go down to Egypt for help. Stay on horses and trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. I, you know what I hear when I see that? Government, government, government. Government help us. We turn to government. Government's going to take care of everything. See, they turn into they turn into a man, turn into to an army, turn into another nation, turn into a powerful uh, group and say, hey, we need your help. Listen, without turning to God. God wants us turning to him. He wants to be our all in all. I tell you, you listen. You talk to the wrong folks, you're gonna get you get yourself in trouble. Amen. Have you ever asked directions for somebody and then they're getting lost? Give you bad directions. I'm listening to a preacher. He was talking about he was talking about that very thing. He said that uh, he was going to preach at this thing. It was a meeting had several preachers there, and they were they were staying in a in a, in a parsonage or a prophet's chamber, and said it was right right. They told him it was right there by the church. And they described it and everything, and he pulled up, pulled by the church, seen the house next to it, and there's a bunch of cars around it. He said, I got out, barred on in. He said, I took about three steps. I realized this ain't the place they sent me to. He said, I was like scared that woman to death. She knew who I was coming in there. He said, where's the parsonage? He said, oh, it's over there. It looks just like this house. <laughs> you take the wrong device, you wind up in the wrong place. I know y'all know that, but I mean, you know, I hate GPS. GPS sends you the wrong, longest way in the world. You can't listen. You can't take advice from somebody that don't know what you're talking about. But there's people in this world that do that. They'll listen to somebody, and they'll take some advice from somebody, and they'll end up in hell because they listen to what somebody told them about how to be saved or how to follow the Lord. You can't listen. You can't follow what people say. That's why I'm saying don't just listen to a preacher. Listen to the Word of God. Compare what the preacher says with the Word of God. We've got to put our faith in the Lord. We've got to put our faith in his Word and not in people and their words. So let's get into this. I've got three points and we'll go to the house tonight. 
Number one, we see in verse one. Look at verse one again. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. We see number one that there is permanence in trusting the Lord. There is permanence. Amen. It ain't temporary, praise God. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed permanently. It's there, but abideth forever. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, the Bible, Paul says, talking about Christ, in whom ye trust, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. When we believe, the moment we believe, the Holy Spirit of God seals us, we're sealed unto the day of redemption. And the Bible says, in that sealing of the Holy Spirit of promise, he says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. I was bought in 1975 on November the 1st. Jesus purchased my soul with his blood. He bought me. What it cost to buy me from hell was his blood. And he, he bought me and he gave me earnest money to show me he was going to pay for the whole thing. When you buy a house, you go down to the bank, you've got to put down earnest money. You've got to show them you're for real. Most of them like 20% of the price. That's a big chunk of money usually on a house, house deal. So somebody don't, ain't going to put that kind of money down because that earnest money, you don't ever get that back. You lose that. If you back out of the house deal, you just lost your earnest money. Okay? Well, that's the reason why God talks about that because he gave us his spirit. As soon as he saved us, we have his spirit living within us. He seals us. That signifies that we are we belong to the Lord. God ain't going to lose his spirit. That's his earnest. He gave that to us in earnest to tell us that we are the Lord's. Amen? He's the earnest of our inheritance. We're going to have it all when we get to heaven. We can't get it. We don't have it all right now. We just have his presence right now. We have his presence by his spirit. But then we'll have it all when we get there. We, the Bible talks about we'll have an inheritance there. Amen? Unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. When we get there, oh, it's going to be a shouting good time. We get around the throne of God, and we know that we're home. We know it's a done deal. There'll never be any more sin. There'll never be any more sorrow. It'll be permanent. Romans 8, 15 through 17, and then verse 23, listen. He said, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. Listen, if you're in fear, that ain't God working. If you got fear running through your life, you got anxiousness, if you got depression, you got dread, that ain't God at work in your life. God doesn't do those things. So if those things are going on in your heart and mind, that's the devil trying to take you out, and you need to go to God with those things and turn them over to him. He said, you've not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. God doesn't want you to go around afraid and being in bondage and scared all the time. He said, but you've received the spirit of adoption. What did I tell you all about adoption the other day? That's forever, isn't it? Can't undo adoption. He received the spirit. That's a capital S. That means the, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost of God. He's the spirit of adoption. And once he adopts us into the family of God, the Bible says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. How, why don't we cry to God and say, Abba, Father. That's what it means. He's our heavenly Father. Why don't we do that? Because we're his and he's ours. It's a, it's a done deal. 
When we're in Christ, it's forever. He said the Spirit, capital S, Spirit itself, beareth witness with our spirit. How do I know I'm saved? The Holy Spirit tells me in my spirit that I'm a child of God. He bears witness in me that we are the children of God. And if children, God says, then heirs. I have inherited, I inherit everything in heaven that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything there is mine. Just I'm known even as, I know even as I'm known. And he said, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We'll be, we'll be cheered for in heaven if we suffer for Christ down here below. They're going, listen, there'll be a party thrown in heaven for us having, having gone through some suffering down here. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Amen. We ain't seen it all yet, but we got first fruits of salvation. We got the Spirit of God living in us. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. I do when I look at what's going on in our world. When I think about it, it ain't going to get no better. I just think, Lord, how long? How long till we're out of here? How long till we're home? He said we groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit or to, to know the, adopt, the redemption of our body. We look forward to the day when it isn't just our soul that's new, but it's this body that's new as well. Second Timothy two nine again we're talking about we're talking about permanence. Nevertheless, Second Timothy two nineteen. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal: the Lord knoweth them that are His. Again, it's permanent. God God doesn't lose people. God doesn't forget His children. It's not like oh well you know I had a hundred I mean I lost I lost fifteen of them it ain't no big deal well. We'll get some more. God didn't like that. No. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He's got, he, he kept track of you. He's got track of you right now. He ain't never going to lose track of you. You're his, and, and he's yours. Amen. Second Timothy 2, 19, again, the foundation of God. He knoweth them that are his, and he said, let everyone the name of the name of Christ depart from iniquity. He knoweth them that are his. Again, he's, he knows you. He knows everything about you. He won't deny you. There's no way, if you're a child of God, that Christ is ever going to find a time when he's going to say, no, they're not mine. He will not deny you. I mean, and what kind of a God would we have if we had a God that would give us salvation and then come take it back from us? Say, hey, you've got eternal life. I gave you eternal life. And then one day say, I want my eternal life back. What kind of God would that be? He wouldn't be a good God, would he? No, we serve the God of all grace and mercy, though. I mean, again, I say it's permanent. I know there are people in this world, they say, well, you know, but, uh, I mean, I, I mean, he saved me, but I can always I can always walk away. I can always jump out of his hand. I backslide, I fall out of his hand, I might lose it. Listen to this, James 4.17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him, it is sin. Now listen to what that said. <clears throat> I know some things that God wants me to be doing. To him that knoweth to do good, say, you know, I really, I really ought to be witnessing more than I am. Sometimes we say stuff like that to ourselves. 
I really ought to be handing out gospel tracts. I really ought to be witnessing to people. I really ought to be talking, you know, just bringing up the Lord in my conversation more than I am. But we don't. We know we should, but we don't. And you know what? That's sinful. When we know we ought to be doing it and we don't do it, that's sins of omission. That's things you left out. See, even if we live good lives and we avoid the pitfalls that God warns against, there are all kinds of sins of omission, all kinds of things that God wants us to do that we don't do, things we fail to do that we should have done. It ain't just, well, I blew it. Well, you blew it sometimes because you didn't take care of business. And so the truth is, if it weren't for the blood of Jesus, the grace of God and his mercy and forgiveness, we'd all be in big trouble because ain't none of us lived up to what God expects of us as believers. Not a single one of us could ever be saved if it depended on us staying right with him. Because we can't. They, again, if we could go down the laundry list of all the thou shalt nots and we made sure we didn't do none of those, there's still a bunch of thou shalt that we didn't do. Thankfully, it's all on him. It ain't on us. Amen. I'm thankful he carried all that burden for me. And I ain't got to, amen? I'm thankful for that, amen? But I'm also thankful for the promise of 1 John 1, 9, which says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Donnie, if you're faithful 364 days a year, are you faithful? Would Erica say you were faithful if you were faithful 364 days a year? But, but, I mean, you 364 of them you were. Is that one mess it all up? That means you ain't faithful, isn't it? Right. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful. That don't mean, well, if you mess up one more time, he ain't going to forgive you. No, that means every time. That doesn't give you a license to say, hey, y'all just go do what you want to do because he's always going to forgive you. Well, you know what will happen? God will take you behind the woodshed and wire you out if you start acting like that because he ain't going to be run over. But I tell you what, he w- I tell you what, he's merciful to those that are brokenhearted over their sin. And I'm going to tell you, he's quick to forgive if we'll come to him with a broken heart and, and say to him, Lord, I'm sorry. And I, I really, I, I repent. I, I know I messed up. And the, you know the great thing about it? He's not only ready to forgive, but the Bible says he's ready to cleanse us. Not only to forgive our sin, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <coughs> it ain't like, you know, being a husband and messing up. And every time you do anything else, they bring up what you've done wrong before. Women sometimes like very Christ-like with that. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but it's true. But, you know, we ain't Christ-like in a lot of ways either. But... Thank God he doesn't do this. He doesn't bring it up. He doesn't remind us of everything we've done wrong in the past. The Bible says he forgives us of our sin and cleanses us of all unrighteousness. He doesn't cleanse it for our sake necessarily. He cleanses it for his sake. It's gone. It's our sins as far as gone from us as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says our iniquities he cast behind his back and will remember them no more. Amen. They're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. They're never to be seen or heard from again. You know, that's great because I fall down a lot. Amen. I don't know about y'all. Y'all probably do everything right. Y'all probably never mess up. Y'all, y'all probably have, y'all probably, I mean, y'all probably got it down. I mean, but I, I'll tell you, I'll just be honest. I'm a mess. 
about three quarters of the time, I'm a mess. About three quarters of the time, I got somebody that stirred up at me because I done, I done done something or said something they didn't like. But I, I'm thankful that God has grace and mercy because I need it. First John 2, 1, he says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. He don't want us to fall down. But he said, And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So when we sin, if we do, we go to we, we, we go to him, we say, Lord, please forgive me. And he goes to the Father and says, Father, see, I got, I got these nail prints in my hands and feet where I paid for that. He's our advocate. He goes, to, he goes to the Father on our behalf. Colossians 1.27. The Bible says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. <clears throat> Jesus is in me. Amen. I praise God for that. He's in me. If you hear me say something and you say, man, that sure didn't sound good, it probably was Jesus. It wasn't me. If you see me do something and you think, well, it sure was nice of him to do that, it was probably Jesus. It wasn't me. And, that, and that's the way it ought to be. It ought to be Jesus doing the work through us and not us because we failed. Praise God, he's in me. Like my buddy Mark said, if God, something big as God moving into your life, he's going to stick out somewhere. Amen? And then he goes on to say in, the, in two more chapters, in chapter 3, verse 3, he said, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So wait, it just said in verse chapter 1, verse 27, that he's in me. And now it says in chapter 3, verse 3, that I'm in him. Amen? That sounds like to me, that's a done deal. That's forever. Amen? We are meshed together. He in me and I in him. And not only that, again, it's, the Bible tells us that, that, that he said that I'm in his hand. And he said his hand's in the Father's hand. And then the Bible tells us that I'm sealed by the Spirit of God. So praise God. That's permanent. The devil can't get through that threefold seal. To get to my soul, I am I am saved forevermore. You can't decide to quit God. People people get mad and they walk away, but you can't quit God. Amen. You can't just stop being a Christian. You can't get out. You can't get loose. You can't. I mean, I mean, you can ruin your testimony. And there's been people, plenty of people's done that. You can lose your, you can lose your testimony. You can lose your joy. You can lose your happiness. You can lose your freedom. You can lose your health. You can lose your life. But you won't ever lose your salvation if you're saved. Because if it's real, it's forever. God didn't make provision for somebody to lose it. Number two, and I said number one, is a permanence in trust in the Lord. Number two, there's a protection in trust in the Lord. Protection. David said in verse 2, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem. You know, there's mountains all the way around Jerusalem. It's down in a, in a valley. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. God's got us surrounded. God's got us protected. Not the Pope. Not the dope in the Oval Office. Not all the militias of the United States. 
not all the oaths that have been taken, not the military. I'm not worried. I'm not looking for the. I, I listen. I praise God for our military, but listen to me. When it comes right down to it, I'm not trusting them to keep me alive. I'm trusting Him. And if I'm not alive, I'm trusting him to take me home. I'm not trusting anybody else to take care of me but God Almighty. I'm not I'm not worried about pressing. I'm not worried about buying up gold and silver anymore. I, I've done all them things I used to worry about. I don't do with all that stuff. I'm trusting the Lord. He's my protection. He's going to look out for me. He's going to look out for you. I love that old song that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let me give you a little story real quick. Talk about protection. There's protection and trust in the Lord. This is from back in 1989. Some of y'all would remember Hurricane Hugo. Not everybody. That's a ways back. But it's a story of a, of a black man in his 80s from a place in South Carolina called Hellhole Swamp. That don't sound like a good place to be, does it? I'm off down in Hellhole Swamp. <laughs> well, that's where this old this old Christian 80-year-old black man lived in his little old tin shack in Hellhole Swamp, South Carolina. He lived there by himself. And Hurricane Hugo was bearing down on him, and I mean where he lived was right where the strongest part hit. Sustained winds of 120 miles an hour. They couldn't get him to leave. He said, no, Lord, don't take care of me if I'm going to make it. And he went into his prayer room. He had a prayer room, and his little old shack was right in the corner facing the wind. And he got down on his knees in his prayer room, folded his arms over his chest, leaned forward on his on this little bench he prayed on, and he rode out that storm, and when Hurricane Hugo quit blowing, all that was left of his shack was that corner of that shack where he knelt and prayed, and the roof and everything, and that's all that was left of his shack. God protected him in that storm. I'll give you a note. In the late 1940s or early 1950s, I can't remember, I read it in his book, but John R. Wright's, was holding a revival meeting over in Dallas, Texas. He used to have Fundamental Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm not sure if that's when it was going on or not. I've read his biography, but it's been so many years. But they were holding a big tent meeting, a big tent revival meeting over in Dallas, and, and there was a big supercell thunderstorm that was blowing in. And they had been told that it was coming right straight to where they were meeting under that tent. There was tornadoes in the area. It was bad. The sky was green. And just as it was thundering and lightning and heavy and getting closer and closer, they could hear it rumbling. Dr. Rice called for prayer, and everybody in that tent hit their knees and began to call out on God to spare them in that storm. And the history records that it was, it was terrible. A block that way. A block that way, a block that way, and a block that way, but it didn't rain a drop where the tent was. God kept a city block dry, tent meeting. There's protection and trust in the Lord. 
And ain't no, you say, well, that sounds crazy, incredible. No different than Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or David or any of them. God can take care of you. If he wants to, he can take care of you. And then lastly, number three, I said there's permanence in trust in the Lord. I said number two, there's protection in trust in the Lord. But number three, we look at verse five. Five said, as for such that turn aside into their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. But peace shall be upon Israel. We're talking about peace. We ought to have peace. If anybody in this world ought to have peace, God's people ought to have peace in this hour. And I know people are people are all up in arms and, 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 and coming apart at the seams all over our country. But God's people ought to be ought to be calm. I know there's shortages. They're talking about we're gonna have there's, there's sickness everywhere. I mean, people worried about that. There's division between white and black, rich and poor, women and men, Democrats, Republicans, you name it. Vaccinated, unvaccinated. There's wars, rumors of wars, just like Jesus said there would be. And there's lies, 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 lies. Some folks feel defeated. Like, what's the use? Why even try anymore? Some folks are distracted. The devil's playing them like a fiddle. Get them looking at everything but God. Some folks are disoriented. They don't know who, where to turn or what to do. They're like a bullfrog in a hailstorm. They don't know what to do. Some people are just flat discouraged and just want to give up and quit. People are afraid. People are worried. People are doubtful. And some people are just downright angry. But I'm going to tell you something. I got peace. I have peace. I'm not worried about what's going to happen. It's a peace that you can't understand that I have. I, I know God's in control. I mean, it's pretty easy when you know who wins. When you've read the whole book and you know on the end, on the end of it, we come out victorious. You know, permanence, I know that I'm saved forevermore. I know that can't ever change. I know I have protection. I know God's watching out for me and taking care of me. And that if he wants me to die tonight, I'll die tonight. If he wants me to live to be 120, I'll live to be 120. That's up to him. That ain't up to me. He knows the time of my death. It's already been appointed. There's no sense in me worrying about it. When it happens, it'll just scare me to death. I won't know what to do. I mean, I'm not, but I'm not worried about that. Because he knows. He's already got the way planned. And I got that peace. I receive, See, I, I, because I have that permanence, because I have that protection, I have that peace. But... I have peace with God. I got that peace with God in 1975, November the 1st, when I, not when I bowed my head and I trusted Christ as my Savior. That's when I got the peace with God. <clears throat> I know that I'm saved. So I have peace. I have peace, the peace of God. Because I know that I'm His, because the Spirit of God bears witness in my spirit that, that I'm a, a child of God, I have the peace of God. I know I'm secure in Him. I know that, that everything's okay. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm sealed. And I know that I'm secure. No matter what the news says. No matter how high they try to ratchet me up. I know I'm okay. 
I think of Matthew eleven twenty nine. I'm closing with this thought. What does he say? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. See, he, he, he's, our, he's our rest. There's not rest. It's not just rest in him. He is our rest. I think of that old song in our book, and we're not going to sing a song of invitation, but I think of that old song. It says, Old soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, all of them, all of them, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's what he wants us to do. Get our eyes. That's, why, that's why he says, turn neither to the right hand nor to the left, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. All the way home. Keep your eyes on him. You won't be afraid. There's peace when you look at him. Amen. Let's stand there, please. Well, praise God. I appreciate you being here tonight. Amen. Be praying for everybody else. Maybe we have a full house Sunday morning. All right. Be praying for lost people around us. There's plenty of them. We just need to be conscious of them. Share the gospel. Share your testimony. Let people know, hey, I'm a believer. I, I, I got I got something in me that that keeps me going. I got I got I got somebody lives in me that'll that'll take care of my problems. I got somebody lives in me that's set me 